It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 382 of the Talking First podcast and YouTube show. Ben and I with you here on April 12th. 2023 the Padres they finished up a three-game series with the New York Mets finished up their seven-game road trip went to Atlanta for four postponement no rain issues there surprisingly then they went to three games in New York finished the road trip four and three they won the middle game of the series lost the first five nothing and then lost this one today Five to two. We'll talk about the first two games in this series, but because this game just happened, here's my reaction to this final game. I gave some thoughts, obviously, on my post-game reaction little videos that I do after every game. It's up here on this YouTube channel, so you can check that out if you want a shorter form uh, reaction after every game, almost every game. Uh, Today, so 5-2 was the loss. Blake Snell, he finally pitched past five innings. I think we can give him an applause for that at least. But the walks were still an issue. The last two batters that he faced, he walked those guys. So his final line today, five innings, four earned runs, five walks, five strikeouts, two home runs. If you're being effective and let's say you walk only one guy or two guys and you have only two strikeouts, I guess it's okay to have the same amount of strikeouts as walks, but when you have the same amount of strikeouts as walks and you have five strikeouts, meaning you have five walks, that's a lot of extra base runners, and that's a lot of extra pitches. And so Snell didn't get an out in that sixth inning. He was already at 100 pitches after those two walks to lead off the sixth. So the walks continued to be an issue. The first start, uh, he had a lot of strikeouts. But that was a lot of pitches, right? The second outing, there was, I believe, four walks in that outing for Snell. Today, the home run was a little bit of an issue. Gave up two home runs, one to Francisco Lindor. Gave up another to Pete Alonso. But also, the walks continued to be an issue with the five walks, right? So his ERA now is at 7.62. 
I do want to point out that he should it should not be four earned runs. It should be more like three earned runs because that fly out to Soto that ended up being called a hit, I believe, uh, that that's not on Snell. He got a fly out. That's on Soto. That should have been an error on Juan Soto. So that should not be an earned run. But Snell still needs to be better. I think we can say that. Like, both things can be true. Um, there were some good moments from Snell today. Got out of the bases loaded jam in the first inning, kind of like Ryan Weathers got out of the bases loaded jam yesterday. But it was still, I still saw a lot of the same old Snell. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but I posted this video as well. Um, reposted it on Twitter at Talking Friars. Blake Snell, the SNY camera, the camera for the Mets broadcast, they picked up that Snell, as he was walking to the clubhouse, pointed to a camera with the pitchcom and said, this is terrible. Now, let's make it clear. I don't think he should be blaming pitchcom on his struggles. Pitchcom is not the reason why he walks five guys. I get Pitchcom, like maybe you're not, it's not working, and maybe you have to hurry up because you couldn't get a call off in time, and that makes you rushed. But that's not happening for five batters that you walk, right? Is that happening for the two home runs that he gives up? Is that why? Is it Pitchcom? Is it, did you call not a fastball and Nola thought it was? A fastball, he called for a fastball. You didn't have time to, to make a new call or something. And so you threw a fastball and gave up two home runs. Even if you did, you got to throw better pitches than that. So, and I, I don't know if Snell, I, I don't think Snell would blame Pitchcom for his struggles to start the year. He's just going to say, I have to be better. And both things can be true. Like he can say, I need to be better and Pitchcom sucks. If he doesn't want to use pitch calm and he says it's terrible, then go back to regular signs. Just make sure going into that outing that you're on the same page with Austin Nola because Nola's catching Snell. It seems like Nola's going to catch Snell. He's going to catch Darvish. I wish that Camposano would catch Snell at least one outing. I understand Nola catching Darvish with all the pitches and all that, but I mean, Snell did dominate in that spring training start with Campy behind the plate. I know it's a spring training start, but might as well try it because Austin isn't giving you anything offensively, and he's allowed 15 runners to steal bases on him this year already. And we haven't even played 15 games. He's caught one guy stealing. Um, so might as well try it. And we'll get, we'll get to the campy discussion here in a moment, in a bit. But yeah, Snell, it's just, if you don't like the pitch call, man, then go back to normal signs have good communication, good game plan going into starts. And you can use mound visits if you have a problem, right? Just work fast and just hit your spots a little bit better and don't walk guys, right? You can't, don't be blaming Pitchcom. I don't think fans should be blaming Pitchcom either. I haven't seen that, but if anyone does try to, you shouldn't be trying to blame Pitchcom uh, or blame the bad outing, bad outings on Pitchcom. Brent says Snell's line would have been significantly worse had it not been for the wizardry of Manny. Manny did make some good plays. The bases loaded uh, nubber, which that was still a good pitch from Snell. It, it wasn't um, hard contact. And then I believe there was, uh, I don't know if it was Snell on the mound or it, if it was Honeywell on the mound at this point, but there was a ground ball. I think it was the same inning Snell got pulled out, so the sixth inning. Ground ball down the line. Manny. Fields it, steps on third, throws home for a double play. So I think that took off the two runners that Snell walked to start the inning. So with Snell in the game, no runners scored on the walks. But still, that increases the pitch count. Like, he could have been out there longer than what he ended up being out there for, five-plus innings, if the walks were down. If he only walked a couple guys instead of five batters. Five is a lot. And then Honeywell walked a couple. That's seven walks. It's hard to win a game when we'll get to the offense. When they go over with runners in scoring position, and then the pitching staff walks seven guys, at least the first two guys. How many 
yeah, seven walks in total because Hill didn't walk anyone in the inning and a third that he pitched. Uh, Honeywell's going to be down tomorrow. He's pitched back-to-back days now. So he's not going to pitch in that series opener from in the Milwaukee series when the Padres are back home tomorrow night. And he struggled a little bit today, gave up a couple hits, a couple walks, was not his best outing. But you're going to have some of those, you know. You're, but Snell, Snell, it's been consistently bad here to start the season. And it's frustrating because, especially with Musgrove out and with the bullpen compromised, you know, we want this length out of Snell. And it's a walk here. We thought he was going to be better in the first half than what he'd been with the Padres going into this season in his first halves. And it just hasn't been the case. So I'm not going to be holding, you know, crossing my fingers anymore, keeping my hopes up for Snell to have an amazing first half now after three not so great starts. I mean, he could, he's going to have some good first half starts because the talent's there, but I'm not expecting him to have good first half starts the rest of the way consistently. I, I just can't have that that hope anymore because haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Second half, Snow, I think he can rebound because he's just had a history of doing that. Uh, Devin asks, why did Bomell let Snell into the sixth and walk two straight? He let him into the sixth because I think there were two righties up there. Uh, so he wanted, I think, Hill probably to face a lefty. But then Hill didn't get in the game. They went to Honeywell because Snell couldn't get an out in that sixth inning. I think that's why. I think I think they wanted Snell just to face the first batter. Or maybe a reliever wasn't ready in the sixth after the first batter. I don't know. I was fine with Snell going out there because he hadn't got to 100 pitches yet. I was fine with him going out there for like one matchup in the sixth inning. But then, yeah, they kept him out there. I didn't really understand that. But... Bomo got him out right after two walks. It's not like he let him face three or four batters in the sixth. And then Honeywell just didn't really have it today. And then the offense. So the offense today in a 5-2 loss, they, they go with runners in scoring position 0 for 7. They left 9 on base. And by the way, yeah, the, the, the one error for the Padres today, I did want to hit on that real quick, was the bunt. Honeywell missed it. Uh, that loaded the bases. So, yeah, that, that double play Manny turn there, throwing it to home, stepping on third, throwing to home, was the same inning that Snell got pulled, I believe. Um, but, yeah, the Soto ball, the miscommunication there, Soto and Grisham in left, that was Soto's ball. Grisham could have got there. Like, he was going to be catching that ball, but he, like, stopped. I don't know if Soto called for it. It looked like Grish was calling for it as he was running over into the gap. And... But then Grish kind of stopped, and Soto looked at Grish, and the ball fell. That's That should be an error. I know no one touched it, but that, that's a spot where that should be an error, and that should not be on Snell. He got a fly out. He did his job there in that spot, but he gets a run on him. That, that's, not, that's not right, I don't think. But yeah, uh, Manny went 0 for 4 today, did score a run, did walk once. Um, Soto? Two for four, had a huge home run at the beginning of the game, right? But then first and second, I believe, the situation was he popped out. Um, Nola first and second, there was a situation there. He struck out. And I'm hoping this is a positive sign towards Campy getting more playing time. Nola late in the game, he got pinch hit for. Cruz, the Padres are down, I think, three at this point. I think it was 5-2 was the score. Cruz. Pinch hit for Nola, uh, and a righty was on the mound. So it's not like they had Cruz pinch hit for Nola with a lefty on the mound, because Cruz has a good platoon left versus right. Right with when he's facing lefties, he he rakes. But it was right, right. The matchup was right, right. So I think they're like, yeah, that's Bomell saying. I'm just tired of Nola. Because there was one guy on base, I believe, when Cruz pinch hit. So it's not like a home run would have tied the game. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think that uh, Melvin wants to, he's really leaning towards having Campy start more 
and hopefully that starts tomorrow. I understand Campy not starting today, snow on the mound, although I, I, I wish Campy would start more behind the plate when snow's starting. Uh, hopefully that can happen, especially if Nola continues to struggle. Um, day game after night game, I understand it, but like tomorrow, I, I think Campy should start. The Darvish starts, I understand Nola starting. And Campy can't be catching every game. I understand that. And the Padres, they probably still want Nola to get the majority of the, re the reps, be the starting catcher. I understand that even. But I think that these next you know, 10, 11 games, the share of playing time, it should not be Nola eight games, Campy three games. It should be more like Nola six games, Campy five. Or... Seven games for Nola, can't be four. Just give him a little more playing time. I think he deserves it. He had a three-hit game the other night, scored two runs. Guess what? The difference in that game was two runs. Nola's not doing really anything offensively. What is he hitting so far this year? Let me, let me look at this. Nola, he's hitting 103 at the plate. 15 runners have stolen a base on him. I know some of it's on the pitching. Darvish works slow to the plate. Snell works slow to the plate. But... Campy would have thrown more out than more runners out than how many Nola has thrown out. Like if a guy gets to first base and he has any speed, it's a stolen base. The guy essentially doubled instead of single. That that can't be happening. And pit, so pitchers, it's both on Nola and pitchers. Pitchers they they got to work faster, control the run game a little better. And I mean Nola, he's, I know he's trying as best as he could. So get Campy in there. I, I just think he deserves more playing time, more consistent playing time. Again, I'm okay with Nola getting more playing time than Camposano just because it's early in the year and they want Campy to earn it. And I know pit, the pitching staff trusts Nola more than Campy right now. But even Bob Melvin is saying, like, yeah, what Campy's done, he essentially said this last night after the game. It's been impressive. He's impressed. Uh, he's engaged more than last year. There were last night in the Padres 4-2 win over the Mets, and we'll get to that here in a second. There were, I think, four relievers thrown in that game. And and it wasn't the no-name guy, or not the no-name. No one is a no-name here. I guess Tapia, maybe. But they were the bigger relievers. Four relievers. Honeywell, Garcia, Wilson, Hader. Those are four of the best relievers in the bullpen right now for the Padres. And Camposano had a game plan with all of them on the mound where he had a game plan last year with, with like the starter, had a good relationship there. But then the bullpen, that's where he kind of struggled. That's what Bomel at least was telling the media, I think, last night. He is developed. He is better than he was last year. He's more engaged, and he's going to give you more offensively, in my opinion, than Austin Nola is. He deserves more playing time than what he's getting. And hopefully he'll take over the starting role at some point this year. Even if he doesn't, I'm fine with that. Just give him more playing time than three games in an 11-game stretch, you know? That's just, that's how I feel with it. So the Padres lose 5-2 to two today. I'm not worried about Soto, not worried about Manny. I'm not even worried about Crony. I know he's gotten off to a slow start. Is there anyone in the lineup that I'm worried about? No, not really. I mean, you could say, like, Austin Nola, but... It's not like I have high expectations for Austin Nola offensively. I don't. So when he doesn't succeed offensively, I'm not saying, man, I, I'm worried about Austin Nola offensively because I expected this and I'm getting this. No, I don't have high expectations for Austin Nola. So I'm not worried about Nola because I, I, I just know what he's going to give me, if that makes sense. Let's get to the chat here before I get to the Padres' 4-2 win yesterday. Look, they had a 4-3 and three road trip, okay? I know I'm, I'm kind of pissed off with the whole Campy Nola stuff, but they had, a, they had a fine road trip. They could have been 5-2, and two, but it's still a good road trip. They won the road trip. They're playing two postseason contenders, the Mets and the Braves, and they came out of it 4-3. and three. They, they have a winning record, um, and... We saw some better signs offensively from this team than what we saw in the first homestand of the year, right? SD Fan 44 says horrible offense. 
look, yeah, they didn't come through with runners in scoring position. Do we want the offense to do more? Yes. But at the same time, some of these times with runners in scoring position, like ninth inning, Manny hit a bullet and it was just caught. Sometimes you can't do anything about that. That's not horrible offense. That's just him hitting a line drive right to someone. You can't control that sometimes. But yeah, the offense does need to be better. I do just want to add in, like, sometimes it's just baseball where you don't come through. And we end up saying Strand Diego Padres instead of San Diego or Slam Diego, right? Cameron says, this was Bob Melvin's fault. Snell giving up three runs should have been pulled in the sixth. Well, no. I, I don't, you, okay. Should have Bob Melvin pulled Snell maybe after the first walk? Okay. But Honeywell came, the guy he, that, the guy that came in that was going to come in after Snell really anyway, he struggled too. So is that Bob Melvin's fault for putting Honeywell in, even though he had pitched good for the Padres as of late in the bullpen? You know, so sometimes the right move just doesn't work out. So I kind of disagree with putting it on Bob Melvin today. If you want to say, Ben, he should have pulled him one batter earlier, okay. But not everything. And by the way, Cameron says should have been pulled in the sixth. He was pulled in the sixth. He couldn't get it out in the first two batters, and then he was pulled. Ocean View Coffee Crew says Grish needs to bat leadoff or ninth. That's pretty much what they're doing right now. He was batting leadoff today. Chad says 4-0 with Campy starting 3-7 and with Nola. There you go. Sometimes, you know, that stat isn't so representative of what's happening because maybe when Campy's going, the offense is clicking. Or there's a great pitching performance. You know, the pitching is dominant. Uh, sometimes with Nola, you know, he caught more games, so there's a better chance of the offense not coming through in those games, right? But, you know, so I, I do take that those stats there, 4-0, 3-7 with a grain of salt, but Campy, I think, is, he has a better chance of helping this team offensively than Nola does, and I think he has a better chance of throwing out runners than Nola does. And I think he's improving in all facets of, of catching, communication, game planning, all that, compared to last year. And I agree, Chad. Got to score more than two runs. Yeah. And the first game of the series when they lost 5 nothing, got to score more than zero runs to win a game, right? Captain Obvious, but it's got to happen. They had some chances against Scherzer in game one and didn't come through there. Uh, Cameron says, Nola playing more games than Campy makes me mad. This is Bob Melvin's fault. Putting Machado second in the lineup instead of Xander. That's so stupid. Well, Xander, he's going to hit leadoff or, or cleanup. And then when Tatis comes back, he's probably going to hit cleanup. That's just what's going to happen. Um, I like that. So I, I, I disagree with you there. And yes, obviously, Nola playing more games than Campy will make some Padres fans mad. I understand if Nola's going to play more games than Campy. What I want is for the Padres to play Campy just more games than what he's playing. I understand this is going to be a process. He's not just going to go play more games than, than Nola and all of a sudden be the starting catcher. But we got to start the process for him to be the starting catcher by him playing more consistently, not playing just because Nola has a scheduled day off, you know, once a week or something. Uh, infamous at HNIC says, can we trade Snell? I don't care how good he looks in the second half. We could trade him, but then you're making your rotation worse down the stretch. Right? We, I, I feel like he's going to come through in the second half and in the postseason. So you're making your pitching staff worse. And how much value are, are you going to get back for him when he has less than a year of control left? Right? I don't see them trading him. King LV says, I bet you Nola starts the way Bomel is. Look, Bomel, former catcher, you got to earn his trust if you're going to start. But he, like, uh, not Nola. Melvin said post-game yesterday that he's been impressed, essentially said that. He's been impressed by Campy. 
So he is making a good impression on Bob Melvin. Campy is. So I think you are going to see Campy start more. All right, I'll get back to the chat. Want to get to game number two in this series. Padres won four to two, but first a quick break. Check out Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionbros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. At social media here, AJ Castbell says Blake Snell said he tried to press slider on the pitch com for Pete Alonso's home run. He kept hitting two-seamer. With time running out, Snell figured he'd rather throw, I'm guessing, a fastball? It just popped up on my notification, so I have to load it here. Okay, Snell said he tried to press, press slider on Pitchcom for Alonzo's home run. He kept hitting two-seamer. So that's kind of Snell's fault. He kept hitting two-seamer instead of slider. Um, with time running out, Snell figured he'd rather throw a 2-0 fastball than be assessed a ball but I threw it down the middle where he hits home runs. It's really frustrating. See, so I understand the pitch comm frustrations. Like he said, it's terrible, but he kept hitting two-seamer. That's what AJ Castwell says in this tweet. Snell kept hitting two-seamer on pitch comm. So that's Snell's fault. And then he decides to throw fastball instead of just making it automatically a 3-0 count if he couldn't get the pitch off in time with the pitch clock. But he didn't execute the fastball. Like you can be mad at Pitchcom, but you gotta hit your location with the fastball. You gotta hit your spot. You can't throw the fastball right down the middle. So it, it's on Snell here more than more than Pitchcom. I understand his frustration. Don't use Pitchcom then. And I know he's gonna say, well, Pitchcom's faster. We only have 15 seconds or 20 seconds with the guy on base. So Pitchcom, it's just faster. And I can go through more shakes if Nola's not, if we're not on the same page. But if it's giving you frustrations, be on the same page before the game, entering the game, and just execute the pitches. If you can't get on the same page and you have to throw a pitch, you just have to execute that pitch. If it's not the pitch you want and you give up a home run on a good pitch, like Robert Suarez last year to Harper, okay. That's all right. We can live with that. But if it's on a fastball right down the middle, we can't live with that. You know, he has to execute better. That's, for me, that's what it is. And throw strikes, right? Five walks, that's, that's unacceptable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Padres the other night, 4-2. to two. They were able to get the win. That was last night on Tuesday night. Uh, Ryan Weathers, what a start from him, huh? Five innings of work, one earned run. Walked two, struck out three. His ERA is 2-7-0. His first two starts so far with the Padres have been five innings of work. Bases loaded situation there in that first inning. He gets out of the bases loaded jam with the changeup. Or the, excuse me, the, the strikeout to Alonzo was a changeup. I forget what pitch it was with the ground ball, the double play, but a huge double play there. Then Honeywell, Garcia, Wilson, they didn't allow any runs. Wilson got out of a jam first and second with, I believe, one out in that situation, got out of it. Hader, yeah, he was a little rocky uh, in that ninth inning, allowed a couple walks, a base hit, 
I think he allowed a run. Yeah, allowed one run, but he got out of it. That's all that matters. He got the save. Um, maybe we saw some flashes of the hater of old when he, you know, came over from that Brewers trade last year and he really couldn't throw strikes. Like we saw a little bit of that last night, but maybe he just got into some old habits and now he'll be able to fix those immediately because he knows what went wrong last year. That, that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm not worried about Josh Hader. He's still the best Padres reliever right now. That's just what it is. And Garcia, he's pitching better. Um, I'd like to see a little more of Tim Hill. I know he struggled a little bit as of late, but I'd like to see him a little bit more in there. Uh, probably Will, because Honeywell's not going to be available. Chris Matt will probably pitch at some point tomorrow. We'll see with Tapia. Uh, but offensively in this game yesterday, so Manny comes through with the big double. Had some guys like Jim Russell saying, let's go, Manny, get it together, essentially. Jim's going to say he didn't say on the radio yesterday he needs to be better. But that's essentially what he was saying. And I kind of agree with that with Jim. Like, uh, yeah, Manny needed to be better. Soto, Cronenworth. If the Padres want to get to where they want to go, those guys need to, to be better. But I'm not worried about those guys. And I knew that it was just a matter of time that they were going to turn it on. And Manny came through with the big hit. I know he went over today. But, again, not worried long-term about that. Soto has a home run today, had a double today. I know he popped up in a situation that could have drove in a run, but the Padres lost by three runs, not by one. Um, Crony had a hit today, I believe. I think a single to right. But Manny, huge spot coming through there, gave the Padres the lead at the time. Bogarts came through with a home run. I thought he got one today, but it was just a fly out to left. Uh, the camera angle was kind of deceiving. Um, but yeah, Bogarts, what a start for him. I think he's fourth fourth or fifth in Major League Baseball and home runs so far. This is like a dream start for him. He's reached base in every game that he's played in so far this year. 13 games. 13 straight games to start off the year. I think the Padres record is like 29 or something. I saw that in Kevin Acey's newsletter. 29 or 26. I think it's one of those. So Bogarts is still a long ways away from that. But still a tremendous start to the year. Four home runs, 10 runs driven in. He's hitting 327. He has a 1,047 OPS. Soto's on base percentage so far this year is, let me double check this. I just want to make it totally accurate. Uh, 368. Bogarts is 414. And Soto's not playing, not hitting as well at all. Not at all. Like You can't compare the two right now. Soto and Bogarts. But Soto... That just shows how much he's still continuing to get find a way to get on base. So I'm not worried about Soto long-term. And Bogarts, he's fitting in really well. He's playing good defense. Manny's playing good defense, obviously. Soto, hopefully he improves his defense. Uh, but the pitching, pitching, and the stars, Bogarts, Manny coming through, that was the story last night. Huge props to Ryan Weathers. I don't know how much longer he's going to last in the rotation. Might have a couple more starts considering the whole Musgrove situation, which we'll get to. But he's doing his part to stay on the roster, that's for sure, when Musgrove comes back. Have him as a reliever, because let's say Musgrove comes back, they want to go to a five-man rotation, so Weathers goes to the pen, Tapia goes down, Martinez goes to the pen, let's say, and they have the five other guys in the rotation. Lugo's in there, Waka's in there, Snell, Darvish, Musgrove. And then the bullpen would be the seven guys that are there plus, or no, six guys, no Tapia. You put Weathers in there, and then you add Martinez. So you have a five-man rotation, and you have an eight-man eight -man bullpen. I like that. I think it improves the bullpen. You have two. Well, you have three. Chris Matt. I guess Honeywell, too, can pitch multiple innings. So, But really, like, three long men. Chris Matt, you can have Martinez. You can have Weathers. Two of those three are built up, right, to be, you know, pitch like three, four innings if you need them to. That makes the bullpen better. And Nick Martinez, he can pitch in one-inning spots. And Ryan Weathers, if they like the, the situation, I think he could pitch in one-inning spots. I don't think right when he goes to the bullpen, when Musgrove comes back, I don't think that they would want to just go have him pitch one inning because that, that's a weird jump there. They'd probably want to 
to to pitch multiple innings. Still could pitch in high leverage spots, but just have him pitch like the sixth and the seventh, or the seventh and the eighth, instead of having him pitch just one inning, or the fifth and the sixth. If Snell for some reason can't even get out of the fifth, um, so yeah, uh, Weathers. I mean, different guy. I mean, Manny told Kevin AC this the other night. I think the media, but I saw this from Kevin in a newsletter. Like he looks totally different physically, mentally. He went into spring training doing whatever it took to go earn a spot, and that's what happened. Changeup looks good. He's he's confident in that changeup. Like it was that bases loaded situation, I think, in the first inning last night. And he called it on pitchcom, called the changeup. He didn't have it called to him by Campy. He was like, No, changeup. I'm confident in this pitch. I'm throwing this pitch. So love to see that that confidence and credit to Ruben Yebla or whoever. I don't know. I don't know the full details on who has worked a lot with Weathers to improve himself, but Weathers, Niebla, whoever, credit to them for changing it. You know, the windup, right? Because he has the over the head windup now instead of just the regular. I'm doing this on the screen for the YouTube audience. Not, not overhead, or he's doing overhead now. But last year, I think it was just normal. Like he would just come set and then just go instead of going over the head on the windup whatever he's doing it's working so keep it up ryan uh, i'm i'm happy for him okay so again padres road trip they finished four and three they take three out of four from the braves that was very encouraging obviously the sunday night game that was very encouraging dropping a ton of runs on the braves i know it was a no-name pitcher david dodd dustin dodd whatever the heck the guy's name is but it was still encouraging then they come into New York. They get shut out. That was not encouraging. The next game, though, a couple big situations. The pitching gets out of it. The offense comes through in some big situations. They're not going to win every game 10 nothing, right? They're going to have to win some close games, so that was encouraging. And then today wasn't as bad as Monday, uh, you know, being shut out. Like, they scored some runs. Soto had a home run. But Snell continuing to be Snell, it's just frustrating first half. It is what it is, kind of with Austin Nola. It is what it is. It's frustrating, but it is what it is. And you just hope that Snell can have a good second half. And I hope that Campy can play more consistently, really. I mean, that that's what I feel like right now. Chad says, would be nice to get something back for Snell before he leaves town. Yeah, but the Padres, they're trying to go for it. They're trying to win it all right now. So I think trading Snell hurts their chances of doing that because we know what Snell can be in the second half of the season in the postseason. It's kind of just a situation where we just have to wait for stuff to turn things around when the calendar hits post-deadline. That's just what it is. That's what it's been with Snell in a Padres uniform. So I would not trade Snell with less than a year left control. I think he can still have the team. It's just frustrating that we have to keep watching team and year out with him in a Padres uniform in the first half of the season. Because these first half of the season games do still count, and especially when you're trying to go win the division and hopefully not have to play in the wild card series, right? Brent Joke says, trade Snell for Hosmer. Who says no? Probably the Cubs right now because they're, they love Eric Hosmer. Promoting him on ticket sale ads. Yeah. Don't worry, Cubs fans. You're, you're not here in about a month. You know, April, remember April, he got up to a hot start there with Padres last year and then went back to old Hosmer. Yeah, Chad says trade Nola himself and gag Lumbro's cheesesteaks. Uh, well, if you're at Peco tomorrow or you're at Snapdragon, they, they have Gaglione's there, so you can definitely have the cheesesteaks there. And the garlic fries, the garlic cheese fries, whatever. They're great. Uh, Cobra says every time we had runners on base, it was always Austin Nola up. I mean, maybe it like that, but Soto had runners on base, Penny had runners on base. It was just Nola. Cameron said, should be worried about Machado. I disagree with that. I mean, he's one of the best players on the team, if not the best player on the team. He, he's coming on an MVP caliber season. He just came to a big hit last night, playing great defense. He's going to come around. He usually gets off to some pretty slow starts. I'm going to load, let me load up his splits for you here, just so I'm not just saying that. 
going into the evidence here. Career splits, first month of the season, let's say, okay? April, March. That's actually not that bad. It's not as good as, like, June compared to his in his career. Um, but let's look. So when I look up his career, hitting 293, 865 OPS in April slash March in his career. But let's say, let's go to last year. What did, what, how did he get off to his start? I think Manny got up to a good start last year. Um, sorry, it's taking a while to load here. Dang, baseball reference is slow sometimes, huh? Okay. Well, so last year he got off to a really slow, a uh, really hot start. Had an OPS over a thousand, hit three eighty six. Okay, so maybe my argument of him getting off to usual slow starts, maybe that that's not actually factual. Uh, my bad. I totally thought that was factual. Maybe that's Soto that I'm thinking about. I think that's Soto that I'm thinking about. Okay, so he's getting off to a slow start, but what you know on this road trip that I've seen. The at-bats, he was hitting the ball pretty hard. So I'll take those encouraging signs. And even if there were no encouraging signs from this road trip, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm really, really concerned about Manny. Is he, is he falling off a cliff? Did we give this guy a contract too early? Like, I'm a huge believer in Manny. We should not be hitting a panic button on Manny. He's going to turn it around. He's a great player. This is definitely not a, a Hosmer situation. He's in the middle of his prime still. Brent says Carp is struggling. Yeah, a little bit. I think he struck out four times the other night, so that's not great. Um, maybe Cruz will get a little more at-bats against right-handers, but I think kind of like Machado, the Padres think Carpenter's going to come through. I'm not too worried about Carpenter. If there was a guy I had to choose, maybe it's him. Because, again, with Nola, I'm not worried. I just don't have high expectations for him. I don't have super high expectations for Carpenter, but I I guess I expected him to come up through a little bit more than he has. I think he'll turn it around, though. Look, I think I think it's fair to list the stats and who is struggling so far this year. But how many games have the Padres played so far this year? 13 games. They're 7-6. and six. 13 games, you know. What percent of the season that is that? 8%? Like, that's nothing. 8% of the season? So, let's 20% of the way through, you know, to, to start really looking at stats and wondering what the heck is going on. Should we actually be worried about this guy? For me, Padres, they have a lot of just veteran players that I think will turn it around if they are Crony, I think he's going to turn it around. So will Manny will. I think they're going to turn it around. Chad says, never forget that we traded Ty France, Andres Munoz, Taylor Trammell, and Luis Torrens, Mula Adams, and Dan Altavilla. Yeah, Dan Altavilla. Padres legend. The guy played, like, what, two games? Austin Adams threw out his arm. Hit a million batters in 2021. Yeah. Munoz is throwing like a hundred. Uh, I was kind of upset that we that they let Trell go when that trade happened, just because they they didn't have a lot of playing time. They didn't give them a lot of time in the Padres system, and then obviously Ty France, what he turned into, but he was blocked. I can't be pissed off at that move at that time. Like, sure, we probably wanted France to be playing more space, but he was blocked by Hosmer. Hosmer was not dealt at that time in when was that 2020 he wasn't going to get dealt that you know they weren't going to give up on that soon into the Padres contract and Annie obviously was blocked France at third so that's what they were going to do but yeah that trade obviously had worked out for the Padres and Bears have probably already won that trade with the production they're getting out of France Torrent, Luis Torrens actually, I don't think was that bad last year either. 
Yeah. You don't know we traded Ty France? Yeah, we traded Ty France. Oh, maybe that's just being sarcastic. What? We traded Ty France? Who? Yeah. Former Aztec. Yeah, it sucks. Of course, I, I would wish that we had Ty France, but at the time, like, and that's kind of the way we should probably be looking at these because, of course, if Preller could go back, he wouldn't have made that deal. Um, at the time, France was blocked. You know, there, there were some aspects where I didn't really like that trade, but I think I recall being pretty excited that we got Stanola because of the year that he was having with the Mariners. Um, France was blocked. I, I, I didn't want to lose Trammell, but he was a prospect. And they were getting back some relief help. And obviously that, that did not work out. I think in that trade, they traded for Taylor Williams as well. And he's a no-name. I'm not surprised if some Padres fans don't even know who that is. I think he made a couple appearances with the Padres. But yeah, he kind of fizzled out as well. Chris says, never been a fan of our doors playing abilities. Give Lopes a chance. You ain't got S to lose. I mean, Odor's actually, I don't think he's been that bad. There might have been one situation where he didn't come through today with runners on. But so, you know, Manny didn't come through technically, right? Because he lined out. Soto didn't come through technically. He popped out to left, right? Um, I'm fine with the Padres choosing experience at the beginning of the year with Odor. He can play the outfield, can play the infield. He's a lefty. I understand them going with him over Tim Lopes. I'm personally okay with it. I'd like to see Tim Lopes at some point, if it warrants it, if he continues to play really well in the minor leagues and there's an opening. But I was fine at the beginning of the year with Odor being on the roster. You know, They wanted that left bat, left-handed bat, someone who could play the outfield, someone who could play the infield. Pedro says, and by the way, if you want to support the channel, you can use that super chat button. I will definitely get to all of the super chats. You can use the super thanks button on regular videos. I appreciate everyone's support. Pedro says, when we hold this team accountable and stop making excuses for them for every single mistake, it's time to wear their big boy pants and win. I, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and make it seem like I'm making a bunch of excuses. I just think it's okay to point out the stats, but also point out it's early in the season. Do we believe that this Padres team is talented enough to go deep into the playoffs? Yes. Then I don't think we should be sitting here worried about the offense not clicking right now. You know, we're 13 games in. I, I, I choose, I'm choosing just to relax, you know? Yes, does Crony, does Soto, does Manny, does Carpenter, do they need to hit better for the Padres to get where they want to be? Of course. But I'm not, gonna, I'm not hitting the panic button like all super worried about these guys. No, I think they're going to turn it around. I think that's a fair opinion to have. Jose, with the different perspective, says Padre fan got a chill. This team isn't even healthy right now, and they took four against two contenders. I think that's fair as well. They had a road trip against two teams. They didn't have Musgrove, didn't, don't have Tatis. Uh, it's not pitching well, right? It's the first half year. They don't have Robert Suarez, don't have Pomerantz, don't have more home. There's a lot of missing pieces. So, it's a fine road trip. A four and three road trip against the Braves and Mets, and it's a fine road trip. Are you right to be mad? You thought this team should be six and one or five and two? Yeah. There, there were a couple games on this road trip that you could say they have won, Ben. And I'm not going to sit here and blame you for being mad at that. It's not like they went three and four. They went four and they still have a winning record, not fully healthy. It's the beginning of the season. I'm choosing not to hit the panic button. All right, I'll get back more to the chat and some San Diego sports stuff, but another quick break here. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. 
In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, so my underdog pick today and my pregame thoughts, again, before pretty much every game, I give my pregame thoughts going into the game, give you an underdog fantasy pick. Uh, mine was higher on Juan Soto, half a run. I thought he was going to at least score a run. I like the matchup, and he ends up hitting a bomb. That ball was absolutely crushed. Um, so use that. You can use my entries that I give you, my picks. Um, entries is another term for that, by the way, just for future reference. Uh, or you could just use my link uh, that is in the description here to get your deposit doubled up to $100 free. So again, like I said, $10 you put in, you get $20, $10 free. $50, you get $100. $80, you get $160. You'll have $160 in your account. They'll give you $80 on top of the $80 that you deposited. So it's really fun. I definitely recommend it. You can also use my SeatGeek code that is in the description as well. I believe it's Talking Friars for $20 off your next SeatGeek uh, ticket purchase. So if you're going to go to a Padres game this weekend, Padres Brewers, or later this season, keep my code in mind. You can definitely use that as well. Um, I see here in the chat someone, someone talking about Tatis. I lost it. Oh, here it is. Brent says Tatis is hitting like three and I'll pass with the 1,200 OPs. I'm not surprised by that. Fernando, he's one of the best players in baseball. He's ready to go, it seems like. And he's just getting at bats in. He's just waiting to come back. So everything that I've seen so far, hits, stolen bases, throwing out guys at second base from right field that dare to run on him, everything's looking good. So that's pretty much the type of update we have. Seven games left. Seven games left until we can return. On the Thursday series opener in Arizona, relax. Um, I cannot wait for that. I've been doing obviously a countdown on social media, Instagram, Twitter at Talking Friars. If you haven't seen that already, or if you don't follow, uh, so I'm definitely excited to return of El Nino. Some other updates. So Joe Musgrove, he played catch on Tuesday in Arizona. So I'm guessing in Peoria, he was in Sacramento when he had that weird throw. Fell on his shoulder, got an MRI. He threw on Tuesday. Looks like everything was good there. Hoping to throw a bullpen on Friday. This update was from me yesterday. Um, possibly make a start a few days later. So let's say he throws on Friday at Petco. I'm guessing that's where it's going to be because he's going to be in Pet at Petco for Thursday's game tomorrow. Um, throws a bullpen Friday. And then... He makes a start a few days later. A few days is, I think, three. So, say Monday the 17th. I don't know if El Paso has a game that day, but Monday the 17th. 
And then let's let's say he goes every fifth day, stays on the every fifth day schedule, doesn't have to make another rehab start after the 17th. That would allow him to return on the 21st, the day after Tatis can return. He would return 21st. That's a Friday against the Diamondbacks. So we could see a Tatis season debut one night, next night a Musgrove season debut. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, AC says as soon as the 20th he could return, but that would mean that his bullpen's Friday. He starts on Sunday, which I guess could happen. But AC said a few days later, not a couple. So let's say he starts Monday. I think, I think a realistic return is the 21st that Friday. And then I think the rotation we would either right then and there go back to a five-man or it would go back to a five-man maybe in a couple starts after Musgrove comes back just to get him back in a groove. But right now, at least rehab start-wise, his schedule is pitching every fifth day. So I, I, I would think, I mean, Darvish is pitching every fifth day, so I would think that the Padres are trying to go to a five-man rotation right when Musgrove gets back. And that would mean Weathers, Martinez go to the pen, Tapia probably go down, and then they have an eight-man bullpen, which improves that bullpen. And then they improve the rotation because they have Musgrove back, obviously. Right? And you get to see more, more consistent starts from Musgrove, more consistent starts from Darvish, more consistent starts from Waka and Lugo, who are pitching well out of the gate. So that's the Musgrove update. Drew Pomerantz, he's expected to have a rehab outing in El Paso tomorrow. We'll see how many outings he will go. There was chatter, I think, from Bob Melvin even to the media the other day, I think during this New York series, talking about how maybe the Padres just want to rush Pomerantz, not like in a bad way, but not have him have a super long El Paso rehab stint outing, uh, just rehab stretch. They want him to come back maybe earlier than usual just so that they can get as many bullets as they can out of him because they probably feel like inside, like, he's not going to stay healthy. Might as well get as much as we can out of him at the big league level instead of wasting bullets at the minor league level, right? Where maybe another reliever, he's probably going to be healthy when he comes back and be healthy the rest of the year, hopefully. And they'd have him have a longer appearance to make sure he's good. With Pomerantz, they might be like, hey, just come on up here. Give us what you can give us. And if you get hurt, you get hurt, whatever. I don't, I don't feel like the Padres are holding up their hopes for Pomerantz to be healthy the rest of the year. It's kind of the same thought that Padre fans have probably with Drew Pomerantz right now, right? So those are the latest Padres updates. Um, before I get back to the chat, I did want to hit on San Diego State here real quick. So they obviously had their celebration, their basketball celebration over the weekend on Saturday. That was great. I was there. My family got to go uh, meet some players, take pictures, the ceremony. Lamont spoke. A bunch of people spoke. Coach Fisher spoke. Coach Dutcher spoke. Um, different San Diego. I think the mayor spoke, whatever. A lot, of, a lot of San Diego State fans showed up. It was great. This team deserved to be honored. Someone who was at that celebration was USC transfer Reese Dixon Waters, who is transferring to San Diego State that news came out yesterday from John Rothstein. Um, Pac-12, six man of the year. He beat out the San Diego State, beat out UCLA, beat out Texas, Louisville, Alabama. There were some other teams that called uh, to inquire on Reese Dixon Waters. San Diego State beat all of those schools out for this guy. And this guy, for me, I think he's sort of a replacement for Matt Burley. No, he's going to provide the same offensive impact as Bradley did even though he, he has like 16 points and got up to 19 points points in some games this year this season for you but I don't know it doesn't seem like he'll provide same offensive impact as Matt Bradley because Matt Bradley was the asset leading scorer like that's that's some uh shoes to fill but comparing like weight size build it looked like the same uh I was reading an article in the Union Tribune on Dixon Waters transferring to San Diego State. He's defensive-minded, a player who has about the same build as Bradley. Uh, Dixon Waters is 6'5", 210. Matt Bradley is 6'4", 220. So pretty, pretty similar. Uh, and obviously, it looks like Reese Dixon Waters, you know, just reading that article, you can check it out on the Union Tribune. 
he likes the defensive emphasis, the, the emphasis on defense that San Diego State places, right? And they're all together. The culture, the program, seems like he really likes that. So it seems like it's a good fit. Like San Diego State, they don't go out recruiting everyone. Uh, David Alvarez, the uh, David, not Alvarez, David Velasquez, the assistant coach, he said that on John and Jim yesterday. And Brian Dutcher believed that in the past, and probably some other coaches. They don't go out and recruit everyone and anyone. The highest recruit and all that, they recruit guys they think lie into their program. Defense, hard, gritty, right? Playing as a team, not trying to just go lead the team and point every game, doing what's best for the team to win that game that day, right? Team, team, team. Team over your your individual desires, right? And so San Diego State, it seems like that's who this guy is. So I'm excited about it. Don't know a ton about him, but it seems like everyone that knows more about him than I do, they're they're saying that this is a huge addition, a huge transfer ad for San Diego State. And now what are they going to do? They're going to look towards the transfer portal for some size, some length, because Mensa is not going to be here next year. And a rope's not going to be here next year. Keyshot, I think he will return, but we don't know about that. Ladie, I think he will return, but don't know about that. He has declared for the draft while maintaining the college eligibility. Lamont has declared for the draft also while maintaining the college eligibility. So I think both of those guys, I think all the San Diego State guys that are eligible to come back will come back. Um, so that's good. But length is what San Diego State's going to be looking for in portal. That's the latest, uh, pretty much, that's the biggest kind of other San Diego sports story right now that I wanted to hit on here on this episode. So there you go. Back to the chat. Um, let's see what you guys are discussing here. Uh, a, lot of cha- a lot of chatter about Manny. Pedro says, no Manny slander, just he's going to have a downhill year but all the ladies have. What? No Manny slander, just he's going to have a downhill year with all the ladies have to do the last. With all he's had to do, I think, the last five, four or five years in injuries. Downhill? I don't think about, I don't think he's going to have a downhill year. It's a slow start. He might not have as good of a year as he did last year. And so I guess if you're looking at it like on a chart, like, okay, that year was way up here, and maybe this year it's going to be a little bit of a dip, but it's not going to be like a roller coaster where it was way up here and now it's, it, you know, totally dives. I don't, I don't see that happening. It's a slow start. He's going to turn it around. It's Manny Machado. That's, that's how I feel on it, feel about it. Yeah, I agree with this. He's, he's Manny F and Machado. And he's not going to have to pull the whole team's weight. Because this team, I think, offensively is better than they were last year. Brent says, if you want to bag on Manny, remember he took a pay cut this year and is only being paid 13 mil this year. His defense alone is worth more than that. Um, I don't, I don't know about just his defense alone. His defense is great. But 13 mil is still a lot for just one side. Um. They get paid a lot for their offense more than their defense. Um, but Manny deserves all that he gets. Yes, team player. I don't think people that are being critical, I don't think they're like, I don't know if bagging on Manny's the right word. I don't think they're saying like that they're worried about Manny. Maybe Pedro talking about downhill. I think some are just laying out the numbers right now. And I were to say, like, yeah, those are the numbers. Not off as good of a start as he got to last year. And he's usually a better starter of seasons. But I think he's going to turn around. And I think it's a little early for me to be like, and he's not holding it up his end of the bargain. Um, I mean, yes, that's why it isn't through these amount of games. But, like, it's too early for me to sit here and say, Manny, I'm worried about this guy. This guy can't be hitting third in the lineup, can't be hitting second lineup. He is, he should be hitting seventh or eighth. Like, 
I'm definitely not there. I'm never going to be there this year, I don't think, because he's going to turn it around. I think that's going to do it. Talking first, episode 382, Ben Fast signing off. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Uh, Milwaukee series starts tomorrow. Wasoto bobblehead tomorrow. San Diego State is going to be there. Lamont Butler, Brian Dutcher throwing out the first pitch. So that will be really, really cool to see. Uh, podcast platform, YouTube audience. I appreciate everyone for their time. Have a great rest of your day. And I'll, t- I'll talk to you all later. See you.